May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Wow, once, uh, once again, that's a rough gospel, isn't that? It's, it's, there's never anything particularly easy about today's gospel reading, the, uh, the second Sunday of Lent. It's difficult. Each year I marvel uh, at what's going on in this portion of the 15th chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, and I, I kind of run the gamut of emotions. I wonder if you had that kind of experience, or when you read this, if you do that. Uh, maybe you know what I'm talking about. There's this feeling of compassion for the Canaanite woman who has a daughter who's troubled with a demon, and you, you feel for her. Uh, there's this disappointment with the disciples who just want her to go away. You know, just get her out of here. They ask Jesus, just tell her to leave. They find her annoying. And maybe even you even have greater immediate disappointment and, and even shock uh, when we hear Jesus say what he says. I mean, as you might remember from years past, uh, Jesus essentially calls this woman a dog, doesn't he? Right to her face. You know, she's a Canaanite, and they, they were seen as kind of a subhuman group of people by the Jews. So Jesus essentially says to her, uh, you know, I've been sent to the house of Israel. Why should, I, why should I help a Canaanite dog like you? As I said before, this is, this is tough to hear. You know, why, why would our Lord say that? My gosh. Ouch, you might think at first. How can you say that? It's probably the last way you expect Jesus to ever act with anybody, isn't it? In, you know, in fact, in our, our hypersensitive age that we live in, people might even call Jesus politically incorrect, maybe here, because of this. But I'm sure he certainly couldn't care less about a charge like that. And I suppose in the end, that's one more reason or one more aspect of our Lord that I really love. But as we saw, this was obviously said, this was said to the woman to evoke a response of a certain sort. And he challenges her on this for a certain reason. And the woman responds in the most genuine way. And once again, in our, our modern age, you might expect someone to lash out, you know, when he says that, you know. I'm not a dog. How dare you? Don't go calling me a dog. Can you imagine that? And someone just get indignant over what Jesus has said, you know. It's not right to take children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Well... I can see that happening, you know. Can you imagine such a conversation playing out in today's world? I mean, it would be on daytime TV, I suppose, or something. I don't know, on a talk show. Well, the woman does nothing of the sort. She does not react to Jesus saying that the way you might expect. But rather, when Jesus makes the comment about it not being right to take the children's bread, the children are the Jews, and to throw it to the dogs, the dogs being the Canaanites, what does she say? She says, true. And she doesn't act out in belligerence. She doesn't act out in pride or defiance. She just says, true. And she quietly states, though, that even the dogs get the scraps that fall from their master's tables. Now, we saw last week, we saw last week that as we progressed through this second of of uh, three three week parts of the journey to Easter, but we encounter teachings about the hazards of the journey, don't we? And on, on the first, second, and third Sundays of Lent, we're given gospel readings that deal with demons and with uh, the struggle against demonic forces. And perhaps you remember from last week what we said: the, the key component 
in our struggle against evil forces is. Do you recall? We saw Jesus last week being tempted to embrace the sin of pride. Remember that? In three different ways. His temptation in the wilderness. He's being tempted to embrace the sin of pride in three different ways. And each time, he essentially counters the temptation with his virtue of humility, doesn't he? He refuses to be drawn into, into puffing himself up against the temptations of Satan. And so were we taught that in all of our temptations... The first virtue that needs to be exercised is humility. That's our first virtue that needs to be exercised. Embracing a humble spirit, embracing the spirit of a servant, and embracing that that Christ-like humility that allows us to turn away that much more easily from temptations to pride. Now how does that, how does that, I'd ask, how does that inform our understanding of this, this very difficult case of the Canaanite woman. How does that inform our understanding of that, her response, and how does it inform our understanding of the result of her encounter with Jesus? And further I'd ask, what might that teach us? What might that teach us about our response to Jesus Christ in our life? I mean, how might that actually inform our walk? How might that inform our embrace of the Gospel? Well, I'd I'd offer for us this week, on this second Sunday in Lent, I'd offer us a a glimpse once again at what it is that's needed to resist the temptations of Satan and and to really fully embrace the salvation offered by our Lord Jesus Christ. As you can guess, it's that spirit of humility, certainly. It's the spirit that makes no demands of our Lord. Just like the Canaanite woman. She kept on asking him, but she didn't get indignant with him. It's the spirit that makes no demands of our Lord, the spirit that's not indignant, the spirit that's willing to see ourselves as created beings, as subservient and humble before God in all humility, as we stand before God, or rather as we kneel or prostrate ourselves before God, understanding Him as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A mystery well beyond our, our... understanding, to be sure. And a mystery that oftentimes issues out in things that we do not and cannot understand. But you see, it's the spirit of humility that Satan cannot bear to see. As we saw last week, Satan despises the heart of a humble, loving servant. He despises that. He despises that, such as Christians are called to be, such as Christians are called to embrace. Satan cannot cannot stand that. Well, back in the early 8th century, to wrap us up here, back in the early 8th century, St. Bede the Venerable, he's the only native-born Englishman to ever been given the the, the title Doctor of the Church. Uh, He wrote about the Canaanite mother in the Gospel account, and he described her in this way. Bede the Venerable wrote, This mother had the characteristics of constancy and humility surpassing all others. When the Lord compared her to dogs, she did not desist from the earnestness of her entreaty and did not draw back her mind from hoping for the favor of his benevolence. Having willingly embraced the indignity she had received, she not only did not deny that she was like dogs, but she even continued with a comparison of herself to young dogs. She confirmed the Lord's statement in which he said to her, 
It is not good to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. And she answered, Yes, Lord, that is, truthfully, it is as you allege, that it is not good to take the salvation divinely intended for the people of Israel and to give it to Gentiles. But when she said, But even the young dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table, she very prudently demonstrated what great humility and what great constancy she bore within her inmost heart. Being unworthy to be refreshed by the meal of the Lord's entire teaching, which the Jews had for their use, she nevertheless supposed that however small the grace imparted to her by the Lord might be, it could be sufficient for her salvation. No matter what little scrap she might get, that might be enough, because it was Jesus. If she could just get a bit... That was the faith that she came to it with. If I could just get a, just a crumb of that, Lord, that might be sufficient for my salvation. Just a, just a little bit. A little tiny bit. Well, let's take that for our lesson this second Sunday in Lent, perhaps. I mean, do, do we seek that, that earnestly sometimes for just a scrap, just a scrap of grace, just a, a scrap of something from Jesus? You know? Do we want... Would we be content... For just a little bit. We are such a culture that wants it all. You know, we want to supersize everything. We can't have it really big. Well, I'll go somewhere else and find it, right? But here we're taught of the humility of this Canaanite woman who just wants a little bit. Just a taste of that love. Just a taste of that grace. And that'll be good. Because she believes that Jesus can do it with even just that bit. Let that be our lesson this second Sunday in Lent. Humility constancy and and a trust a hope that however small the grace imparted to us by the Lord might be it can be sufficient for our salvation because he is the Lord who works wonders he is the Lord who defends us he is the Lord who loves us beyond anything we could ever imagine he's the Lord who teaches us how to resist the works of Satan and resist all the dark forces which assail us and he's the Lord who's come for our salvation for the salvation of the whole world, for our health, for wholeness, for the promise of eternal life and a glorious resurrection with Him in a heaven and an earth joined together and made new. It's quite a deal. It's a lot to look forward to. If we could just seek and yearn for just a taste of that, just a touch of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we seek with faith after that little bit Believe me, he gives it abundantly because he loves abundantly. Even Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with the Father in the unity of the Holy and Life and the Spirit lives and reigns ever one God, world without end. Amen.